What is up, boys? We are back. Chapter 10 of the book. We made it to double digits. I mean, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, back to back to two-a-week episodes, so we'll get a little re- weekend recap of the football, and then uh, we have a pretty special NHL preview. Uh, season starts tomorrow, for those who don't know, and I know a lot of boys are trying to get into the NHL more this year. I know I am. Um, so should should be a good interview with Matt Parma. Um, yeah, I'm hyped up for that. Huge hockey. First, yeah, ho- big hockey guy. New divisions, like it's gonna be gonna be a good year in the NHL. Yeah. But uh, first, we have our playoffs and NFL playoff recaps. Yeah. Um, it was a fun weekend, bro. It was an awesome weekend. I mean, maybe the best weekend of the year. Just I just posted on the couch football football all day long like there was just no like you know some of the games there was like a little bit of a gap between them but like mostly not it was mostly just game 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 and each each game was yeah and then each game there was none that really there was one game that was a blowout but at the end the spread got involved which is i mean not a blowout so uh kept us watching but um yeah so I mean, we'll just talk about the first game a little. Bills Colts. Yeah, this this is gonna be a, a this is a hot topic. This game. It's I like, mean, it was that's it's like I'm mad, like I, being on the Bills, like I'm pissed. But it was also like, did they really deserve to cover? You know like, what I'm Colts saying? Kind of played exactly how I thought. Like when I, I was talking on the book last week, last chapter. But how I like the Colts because yeah. if they could play their game, they can be in it. And honestly, like they missed a couple fourth downs, like they missed a field goal, right? Blankenship. Yeah, Blankenship missed like a point blank field goal. They they, they have caught that touchdown. Yeah, uh, they they had like first and goal from like the three or something, and they ended up going for it on fourth and goal, and blew it. So it was like. And the thing, I was never too worried about the Bills, like, early on in the game, where it was kind of ugly. I was like, the Bills could turn it on at any time, and they did. Like, I was – but, like, you just can't be that salty if you back the Bills, because, like, the Colts missed so many opportunities and shit. Like, some weird coaching decision. They didn't deserve the cup. The Colts deserved the cutter, cover. Yeah. Props to whoever was on the Colts. But yeah. I know, like, Brandon yeah. Walker was, like – hard on the Colts and like he was yeah. rubbing it in everyone's face yeah, like if you were on the Colts it would have been such a frustrating thing to have for like almost the whole game like almost the entire game you'd be so frustrated like what the fuck like like the the first half essentially went exactly how the Colts wanted it to and then they gave up a 99 yard touchdown drive like right at the end but besides yeah. that like it went exactly I mean the Colts played a good game people kind of underestimated them I think because they're not flashy, but we got we got a one last Philip Rivers down late in the fourth. Like yeah. you gotta love that, and then like that fumble that wasn't called that was like clearly a fumble. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. It was and like definitely a weird, a weird start, like a crazy start to the weekend. JT oh. played pretty well, which was fun to watch. Yeah, I had a JT touchdown prop, which hit, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean. Interesting game for sure. I don't know. People are like, what do you think? Like, did your opinion of the Bills change, though? Like, are you like... I want to be honest. I'm a little more down on the Bills. I obviously like the Bills, and they're they're sick, but they are, like, playoff inexperienced. And that, I mean, at the end of the day, teams don't give a fuck about blowing teams out. All they care about is getting to the next round, which is what the Bills did. So... They're they're psyched, obviously. Shout out Bills Mafia. I don't know if I know any Bills fans, but they're going nuts. Yeah, shout them out. Uh, so you gotta love that for them. And yeah, I mean, it was a good, great way to kick off the weekend. Besides the fact that I was on the Bills, but yeah, yeah. But good game. Bills move on, like most people expected. Um, and we'll see them next week. They have another home game. Uh, we'll get into this next one. I, which I feel stupid about because we last chapter we were talking about it. We both liked the Rams, correct? Yeah, I was actually on the Rams during the game. I liked them all. I just 
it wasn't even really that I loved the Rams because the game kind of went. I just didn't like the Seahawks, and they had really one big play. They had their that scramble to Metcalf, which yeah. was their only play. Dude, I'm pretty sure, like, what's his name? Russell Wilson had like 150 yards, like something like that, and like half of them came on that one play. It was pretty crazy to see like how what the Rams defense did to the Seahawks offense like that was yeah, pretty Rams defense is legit and Donald like barely even played the second half I mean Jalen Ramsey is just like take a guy out of the game level corner which will Matt which will against Devontae Adams like that's gonna be an awesome watch but oh, it's gonna be unreal but yeah I mean, Russell Wilson 11 for 27 174 yards and he threw a pick six the pick six was a great play by the defender don't get me wrong I, I Metcalf was like when you saw him like babying on the sideline complaining. So then the next drive they come out there and also there's no fans in the stadium. So like everyone knows what's going on on yeah. both benches. Next play they come out there in this corner like they try and run a screen to Metcalf to like get him more involved and it gets taken to the house. So like that's got to be a little on DK. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shout out to the corner for know what's knowing what's coming. I mean, that was I was Shout out the book. He read it like a book, dude. Yeah, he it's read it literally like a book, took it to the house. That was a turning point in the game. I mean, no team could really score, and then points came flying. Goff didn't look great, but I got to give it to him. Gutsy performance with, like, three yeah. pins in his thumb on his throwing hand. Surgery oh, 12 pins. days before. Yeah, I mean, that's just impressive. And it was like, I mean, clearly they didn't start him. Like, he wasn't. He obviously was, like, way under 100%. So, like, I think it even got here. But the Rams did exactly with what, you know, whether it was Wolford who played the whole game or Goff, like, they're what they wanted to do was executed perfectly. Like, they ran the ball so well. Cam Akers, 28 carries for 131 yards. Um, and the defense played great. Like, that's the Rams' formula to win, clearly. Yeah, I mean, and Walford, feel for the kid. Uh, he looked he looked pretty good on the first couple. I mean, like, solid. Obviously, he didn't look like Aaron Rodgers or anything. But, like, he looked relatively solid. And then... Dude, fucking Jamal Adams. Adams just, I don't even know how that wasn't a flag. They yeah. picked it up, which was nuts. But Jamal Adams just spears him in the helmet there. And then, poor guy, he's in the hospital. But yeah, got was- him in, got the job done. Impressed with the Rams' defense. Impressed with the Rams' coaching. So, um, yeah. The whole Walford situation. Like, he looked fucked, obviously. But then, like, seeing that picture of him, like, with the brace on, like, in in the ambulance. He, like, broke his neck. Yeah, like, holy fuck. Like, it's a dangerous game, man. And we're just sitting on our couch just enjoying it. Like, fucking A. Yeah. Shit. But I was just mad at myself because literally on our last chapter, I like I was saying the Rams. I was saying the Rams up until like the game really started. Um, I don't know. A few of the kids I was with were like riding Seahawks and like, you know how that could influence it sometimes. It's kind of fucked. It is what it is. Um, It was like a pretty like uneventful game to watch, though. It was a good game, though. The score was for sure, like, inflated. It was closer than that. The Seahawks were in it, but the Rams, I mean, yeah, impressed. Coaching, defense, Goff's toughness. Cooper Cup made some plays. Yeah. It was, like, one of those games, like, by the end of it, it was like, all right, like, let's just move on to the next one. Yeah, which we didn't even, which was awesome because literally the Rams game ended and the next game was kicking off, which oh. was greatest. Thanks. It was awesome. We could segue right into that. Pretty good yeah. Segue. Uh, holy Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah, dude. What the, guy, the man? Yeah, I mean, I was obviously hating on him because I was on the Bucks, but like, yeah, wow. incredible performance. The Bucks, they look like they were never were gonna lose the game. Like, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Always in control, but they really could have put it away, and they didn't. Um, sure. I mean, that touchdown run was crazy. Yeah, like, dude, like, just shout out that guy for making it, like, 
You know, we have Brady. We have a seven and nine team in the playoffs with a quarterback who's like a backup. Like it could have been like an ugly, like not at all fun game to watch. Like shout out Heineke for making it an exciting game. Oh, big time. And then also, like, I don't know how, like, Dwayne Haskins started games this year, and this guy didn't even get a shot. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean he, he just he didn't look out of place at all. He looked a little, obviously small, but he didn't look out of place, and he's tough. Like, you got to appreciate the heart the football team showed. They were co- clearly overmatched. Bucks defense did scare me a little by how easily they were letting – like Cam Sims and Taylor Heineke connect, like that should never happen. Agreed. That was yeah, one Drew thing. And Michael Thomas next, like you're gonna have to figure some stuff out. But yeah. like one of the kids I was watching with was like, I mean, yeah, Heineke looks good, but also these guys are getting wide open for him. Yeah, exactly. You know? He was throwing a wide open targets. That D was a little bit Swiss cheese, and like they've been a good D all season, so. But they looked like they were kind of in just cruise control, not really giving their 100%, like knew they were going to win. They went up 10 nothing right away. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, Bucks will be – they obviously have so many weapons that they're going to end up being dangerous in the playoffs or in the next round, maybe the next round after. So team to watch out for. But respect to the football team, uh, respect yeah. to their defense – Obviously, Heineke, even their running backs, receivers getting open, coaching staff. Just yeah, great, great game to finish it off. Uh, well, love the be a team to watch in the next couple of years. I mean, yeah, they can get a quarterback. They'll they'll look decent. And uh, Ron Rivera is now the longest tenured <laughs> coach in the NFC East after getting hired on December 31st last year because Peterson got fired. That fucking loser. Yeah, dude. And people are saying he be the coach of the Jets, but hopefully not. Was it worth it, Doug? But, yeah, so good game to finish off Saturday then on. Respect all around in that game, both teams. And that was a great day of football, like just some some controversy, some, some quarterback controversy all around. I mean, just a good day of football. Then we wake up on Sunday and we get the Ravens Titans. Uh, we were both on the Ravens, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because I knew was, it was – were... Last week, I'm saying, like, that was our most confident pick. Yeah, and big you, time. So, shout out us for that. Shout out us, and even when they went down 10 nothing, not losing faith, even though Lamar threw, like, the worst pick I've ever seen. Yeah. But then he takes off for a touchdown. That's, like, incredible. Um, Titans – I got a question. Their game plan. They were kind of throwing it to AJ Brown all over the yard, and then second half they just come out, pound Henry to nothingness, and score three points or no points in the second half. Something crazy. Yeah, I think that they ended up having thirteen. They finished with thirteen, right? They had it was they're yeah. down ten nothing. They were up ten nothing. Yeah, the final score was twenty to thirteen, and the Titans had ten points in the first couple possessions. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. Uh, I- Nervous there. I can't lie. I was nervous at the beginning. I was like, are the Ravens really going to do this again? But their defense really picked it up. Lamar made the plays that, like, only he can make, which is what I was asking for. And then, yeah, they stomped all over the Titans logo, which was fucking awesome. That was sick. That was sick. I, I love mean, the rivalries in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Like, and that's, like, they've, like, now, like, that team, like, they played last playoffs. They had a regular season game where there was, like, a little bit of controversy. Now, like, that, like, it'll be exciting to see them play in the future. But one thing I want to say, like, that that was such an impressive performance from the Ravens' defense. Yeah. They looked like, legit. Derrick Henry was getting hit at the line or behind the line every single play. Every now and on a few of them, he was able to, you know, get through and get five yards but that was pretty rare it was pretty fucking impressive like watching what they did to derrick henry like he had enough he had nowhere to go yeah i mean just yeah the in their back end uh, the announcers were chirping marcus peters like oh this is a guy you can take a shot on and then they throw at him on the last possession he picks him off and goes dances on the logo which is always awesome but yeah i mean i like the ravens bills is going to be quite the the matchup yeah, so, the tight line from what I've... It's like two and a half, I think, as of now it opened up. So that'll be a 
that'll be a good game. Uh, yeah, Ravens looked pretty good. They're obviously their offense is going to have to be a little better. Um, yeah. Good for Lamar though, getting rid of that like shitty yeah. playoffs now. And Harbaugh, he hadn't won in the playoffs in like six years, and obviously yeah. he's a coach that deserves more than that. So. Yeah, respect to the Ravens going to Tennessee with the fans and winning, dancing on the logo. Uh, covering the yeah. spread. Yeah, covering the spread. So yeah. uh, then we move on to the Saints-Bears. Um, I could probably talk all day about this one. This one had the Nickelodeon broadcast. It had, like, trick plays. It had the fucking Bears being the Bears. Yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah, we were all on the Bears – then it had the fucking nuts ending, but we were on the. I was on the Bears plus ten and a half, I think. So uh, they didn't look good all game, but really, I think it comes down to that play they dialed up where the guy dropped the touchdown. That's literally got to be it. I mean, all like that was a sick play design. Number one, it was their had, play. That was their play they've been working on all week in practice. Like that was yeah. the play that they needed to touch down there. Said, this is a Seven point play, and the guy totally butchers it. You have Mitch lined up at receiver, and like usually when like you see the wildcat and you see the quarterback like all the way on the side, like he's usually not doing shit. He gets the ball, and Mitch launches a dime. Drops I mean, a dime. Did exactly what he. Everyone on the play, coaching like time you call it like in like the shot territory, like around the fifty. Time you call it coaching Mitch, like perfectly executed formation, no issues. And the receiver just drops the wide open touchdown. That was the turning point of the game because I know the Bears were definitely counting on seven points on that play, which they got essentially. But yeah, that then they were unable to score the rest of the game. They they didn't even get a field goal out of that drive. Like that that was a huge turning point. Like the offense could not get shit going all game. Something like that could have like been a big spark, but it's just crazy. Like for the like to go on the road and like the defense and like the Bears defense does like what they should do holds New Orleans to I think twenty one. Yeah, like that's you couldn't have asked for more than that. Game went the Bears way, but as soon as that play happened, it felt like that was it. They needed a touchdown there to like get some momentum it was a momentum just like complete they would have had a hundred percent of the momentum they went back to zero and then yeah they were on it then mitch on the next fourth down like stepped out of bounds a yard before the first down marker and that was it that was the game but then they had a little backdoor opportunity late where they drive down the field all the way down the field jimmy graham makes like one of the most absurd catches i've ever seen and i didn't even know you were allowed to not kick a field goal or do the whatever. I thought you had to besides overtime, but that's what I thought. But yeah, so I needed a two point conversion there, which I thought they could have gone for, but I guess they didn't give a fuck anymore. Been so insane for me. If that was the last leg of my teaser was bears plus 16, but you got that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the one that lost, I, I went three for four on my teaser six point, which, Pretty good to go three for four. I don't know, so close. But the over in that the Ravens Titans game, I that fucked me. Oh yeah, I was on the under in my teaser in that. Been such a sick way to close a teaser out with just touchdown in the last play of the game, backdoor that shit. It's all right though. Yeah, happens to the best of us. But what are you gonna do? It was a good drive by the Bears. I mean, I was like on the edge of my seat, getting hyped, and then to have them not go for two or kick the extra point i know marty mush had him at like 11 and a half so he was like the extra point and we're good and then God, so brutal they ran off the field it I was brutal, not, but i can't blame the bears like they got smoked in the game whatever yeah they just got like jimmy graham do you see i caught it and just like ran into the tunnel yeah that was kind of savage but <laughs> that could be like the last play of his career which would be fucking unreal yeah that, uh... That was sick, but I mean, like, that was the only time I saw Jimmy Graham all day. Like, I swear to God, I didn't see another yeah. him all day besides a thirty-yard one-handed catch touchdown. Like, maybe I don't know, you get him involved a little more. Yeah, but, I mean, realistically, like that game went exactly how like Vegas probably expected it to go. Yeah, it's a lot big. Like, like I don't know if you remember the uh, Cole Komet penalty where like they called like taunting. 
when they were just like both taught that that was killer too because it was like third and five and then it was like third and 20 like at the, the, refs third, were, like they had no the refs were very very involved in this game yeah they were involved it was a little sus but they yeah, were like, like they, it was just like too much ref there was too many calls happening like come on like you gotta let the boys play got like Cole Komet, I don't know if he said something like vulgar to the defender, but like from the replay, like that was so ridiculous that it was he... brutal, brutal. Not that the Bears were going to convert on third and five anyway, but third and twenty, they were certainly out of it. And so... then the guy, that other guy, got kicked out. I yeah. didn't see, I didn't even see that play. He like they like were he like came over and like shoved them hard. I don't think he should have gotten kicked out of the game, but yeah, the rest were just too involved. For my liking, but realistically, it does way matter. The Bears, and when you bet on a bad team like the Bears against a good team like the Saints, you have to. This is the possibility. I said it. I said it. Like I liked the Bears, but there's a chance they get blown the fuck out, which they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. Like, they, no real surprises in that game. No, not a huge surprise. But I would have liked to see the Bears. I mean, look a little more competent on offense, but happens. Yeah, Bears gonna Bears. Um, we'll move on to this next game Sunday night to close out the super wild card weekend. And I was, I missed the first play of the game. I was, I was on a phone and that was it. Like that, you kind of saw what was coming right then and there, the snap into the end zone. I mean, it was, I couldn't, I literally couldn't believe like what I was watching. I thought I was dreaming. I had the Browns like plus six Browns money line, but also had the Browns teased with the under and me and my buddy who were both on the Browns, like high five. And we're like, wait, like this could be shitty for the under, but we're like, all right, like, yeah. you know, maybe they'll slow down. And then no, they scored 28 in a row. Just, yeah. to, I mean, big Ben looked terrible. The Browns with no coach just destroyed them. Yeah, and, like, obviously they got some breaks with the turnovers and stuff, but, like, they were capitalizing on these turnovers. They, yeah. They were scoring. Fumble over the t- head or the snap over the head was their only, like, touchdown. They got another pick on the next drive, went down, scored. Yeah. Punt, scored. Like, bump, yeah. pick, scored. It was – they were efficient. They looked good. Uh, run the ball really yeah. well. The Browns. Chiefs- a bigger bigger test there but yeah. um yeah i mean the browns looked they looked good and the steelers looked horrible i really enjoyed seeing juju just get clowned by the whole browns team in the locker room also yeah i mean i'm glad everyone's like juju and chase claypool like shut the fuck up but like i'm glad i love the rivalry like you have to appreciate yeah. Like, they're like, oh, Claypool, like, you're just salty. Like, what's he supposed to say? Like, the Browns are their rival in the division. Like, he's going to go out and say, yeah, like, the Browns are going to get fucked next game. Like, I love that. Yeah, like, that's I kind of love that. I, I feel like I, like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But, like, for him to be like, oh, like, the Browns are going to get clapped next week. Like, you just got clapped by the Browns. So, like, what would have happened to you if you guys won? Yeah, but like, I'm thinking, like, if the Giants played the Eagles, like, and I would – I would want, like, I'd be like, yo, fuck the Eagles. Like, they're going to get smoked next week by the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I get it. I mean, dude, like, you'll love, like, I love to see the beef. Like, you're right. The beef is good. It's good for the league. Like, it brings back, like, everyone for a couple of years, it was like, buddy, everyone's all buddy, buddy. But now you have, like, the Ravens and Titans, like, getting at, like, I love that. It's good for the league. For sure. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so. And good for Cleveland, bro. I mean, yeah, good for the Browns, good for Cleveland. I felt a little bad for Big Ben and Pouncey there sitting on the bench together at the end of the game. It was yeah. talking to each other like I'm. He was like, "I'm sorry, man," and like you know that always hits home. These yeah. guys are all Big Ben gave his all, just didn't have it this year. Um, shitty yeah. way to go out if that's how it is for both of them. But yeah, I mean, when we'll see. Like, I don't know. I really don't know, but. The one thing I want to say for uh, for the Browns, like, after this whole long playoff drought, to, like, finally get to the playoffs and then their coach gets COVID and all this other shit happens to them, like, it's good, like, like that would have just been fucked if, like, they, they got blown out because, like, they weren't prepared and shit after, like, this long drought. So, like, I was happy as fuck. Like, I know you were happy, too, to see the Browns win. 
Yeah, Dude. good for the Browns. Um, good for the city of Cleveland. So, yeah, you know, whatever happens, happens from here for them. But yeah, but Ohio's Ohio's uh, happiness was short lived. Um, because Monday, I know a lot of my mom went to Ohio State, so she knows a lot of Clevelanders that were psyched about the Browns, and then hearts ripped out by the Buckeyes. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean. Alabama, we'll just move on to that game. Alabama murdered Wait. Ohio State. Murdered. Yeah, yeah. It was... Some bad breaks for the Buckeyes. I mean, Sermon getting hurt on the first play is like... Doesn't help. That's brutal. I mean, he had like three, 400 yards in the last two games, so... Yeah, but like really what it came down to was like... Ohio State was able to keep up early. And like they, you know, they forced a turnover, scored off of that. It was interesting... But, like, at the end of the day, like, they couldn't stop Bama. Bama, that offense is legendary. Devontae Smith, those 12 receptions and over 200 yards in the first half, like, they just couldn't stop them. Their lives depended on it. Like, and, like, they couldn't keep up with that. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't keep up. They did their – in the first half, it looked like – they might, they were going to have to really score like a ton. And at the end of the day, they just couldn't keep up. But if anything, watching this game just made me more upset with Alabama that they didn't murder Notre Dame last week because they were certainly capable of it. Yeah. I mean, and like, obviously, like, they, they were stomping on Notre Dame and like they allowed Notre Dame to like backstory. Ohio State almost scored too fast. Like, Notre Dame, they would go like eight minute drives and then punt. Ohio State was scoring, like, they went, like, three plays in, like, a minute, which they're capable of, but it would put their defense on the field a lot, and then, obviously, Sarkeesian had some good play designs for Smith to get open, but giving up 215 yards in one half to the Heisman Trophy winner, like, maybe key in on him a little bit, but... Uh, like, he was just way too open on so many of these They plays. were just too much. They were playing too much lacks coverage i think their game plan was essentially just make them kick field goals but two fourth down conversions in the red zone and they it's tough to stop Najee harris they had they were running like a four four because they had a lot of defensive backs out which doesn't help and they had like their slow white linebackers in the middle who couldn't keep up with anyone so yeah but you know remains a three horse race with yeah they clemson bama um really it <laughs> but yeah i mean bama was really fucking good this year like i think I was, like that's a legendary team offense like one of the best ever i think offense wise um and yeah it was just a matter of ohio state not being able to keep up i was really hoping that they could stay in there a little bit maybe help out with a plus 15 teaser but alabama just- getting kickback at the end of the like them deferring to the second half like that feel felt like almost that was it yeah, yeah. that the play where I, I don't know what how much they went up on the on the play but like when Devonte was literally was being covered by that slow ass linebacker and just they yeah. went over the top, it was like fuck like they just can't keep up with this i think like that got them to like 35 17 and it was just like fuck that was it yeah, but uh, yeah, Alabama was sick. Uh, respect to them. Respect to Saban, who's, I mean, he's the goat of college football. I saw oh. an insane stat today that it was if Nick Saban recruited you to come to Alabama, you won a national championship. Yeah, if you stayed, That's, as long as like you were there for, you didn't transfer. You didn't transfer. Yeah, I you mean, I know national championship every single player. That's nuts. This was what I heard the stat after the game started, and I the different stat, um, and it made me immediately regret my decision. But since Saban's been at Bama, they've never gone three years in a row without a national championship, and this was this would have been three years in a row if they didn't win. So like, he wasn't gonna let that shit. He wasn't gonna let that happen. I mean, he's he's a goat. He really is. I mean, just impressive what he's yeah. been able to do. There's such a powerhouse. It's just like in recruiting battles, like if you're deciding between, say, 
like USC or Texas or like any of these other schools in Alabama, the like trump card of saying you're going like you're guaranteed a national championship and like you're guaranteed a shot in the pros, like it's just unfair. And that's why it's college football is a three horse race. You go to Bama and you work your ass off, like you like you're focused as fuck and you're gonna like really work, you're gonna get it, you're gonna go to the pros. And winning that, and also get a ring on the way there. Like, even if you need, yeah, of course. But I think even if you need to, like, you know, redshirt your first year, and then maybe sit your your first couple years, like, but you just keep, like, you're gonna get your opportunity eventually, and and that's really it. Like, they're so yeah, good. They had like a beast in the middle who I never heard of. Who's probably, I mean, he's gonna be a first round pick. Like, I forget his yeah. name, but he was going nuts in the middle. Like, they're just animals all over the field. What? I think Barmore. Like yeah, Christian. Barmore, like number fifty-eight or something. But yeah, I had never heard of that guy. I I this morning woke up and I obviously watched that game, watched him go stupid, and then I looked at a mock draft this morning and he was in the first round of it. So there you go. Yeah. So. See about that. Yeah, and that'll do it for our playoff recap. We'll have another episode out uh, previewing NFL playoffs for this weekend a little bit later in the week but uh now we go to our interview with matt parma for the nhl i'm juiced up let's go all right we're here for our interview we got our hockey guy our resident hockey expert matt parma parma thank you for joining us Thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, man. We're ready to talk some hockey. Like, me and Capano aren't the biggest hockey guys, obviously, but, you know, we're gamblers, so we want to get involved. And, like, just big year in the NHL. Obviously, some new divisions, no fans. Um, Yeah. So, I guess we'll start off with, first, USA winning the World Juniors gold over Canada. Yeah, that was sick. That was that, amazing. That was Were like a proud know? to be an American night. Oh, definitely. Big, huge upset. 19 first rounders on Canada to like, I think we had seven. Should yeah. not have won that game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable game. Shout out our three Badgers in it, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, time. I wish I could have gotten some action on that game, but like, I couldn't find it on my book or anything. I couldn't find it. Like, I would have loved to take the, the Americans as underdogs. Oh, I took the Americans as underdogs. It was awesome. That's um, even sweeter. So, Parms, I know, like, during the playoffs last year, like, you were getting some action on these games. But, like, even if, like, you're, like, I don't know, like, what your deal is, like, with, like, what you're planning on doing for the regular season. But mm-hmm. regardless, you know way more than we do. So, like, I'm going to trust what you say. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm definitely going to toss on some games. Probably not as aggressively as I was during the playoffs because, you know, playoffs, playoff hockey is just way more enjoyable to watch, and I actually watch most of those games. But yeah. regular season, there's going to be so much going on. It's hard to follow every single game, Yeah. But. I mean, first, first uh, tomorrow's opening day, so, yeah, I'll have some opening, opening day, too. Absolutely. So, Karma, just I want you to clarify. So, I know that there's, like, the four divisions, like, the north is, like, other Canadian, and then you got central, east, and west. Those teams, you're not going to – they're not playing anyone other than the teams in their division? Yeah, correct. They're playing, I think, like, seven to eight games against against every team in their division. So the rivalries are going to be nuts. So, yes, like, the the east division is kind of screwed because – that division stacked, but then yeah, like the West has like some some of the worst teams. So like Avalanche, Knights, there'll be money. But yeah, I think yeah. the most exciting division's gotta be the Canadian, all Canadian teams, because the Battle of Alberta, that's always a huge rivalry. Should be fun to watch that game all the time. And then yeah. the Leafs versus the Canadians and Leafs yeah. versus Ottawa too. Oh, yeah. uh, Canadian, I mean the rivalries in the Canadian division are just gonna be nuts. Like I'm Absolutely. actually but like, but, uh, like you said, it's definitely kind of fucked for my Islanders. Like, the yeah. East Bruins, mm-hmm. Bruins, Bruins, Caps, Penguins, like, Flyers are good, right? 
Flyers, Flyers are good. Penguins, you never know. Like, I feel like they're on the downfall, but they obviously still have Crosby, Malkin. Like, they'll be they sh- could easily still make the playoffs. Dude, and I I was checking like um you know the odds to win each division and stuff. They even got the Rangers ahead of the Islanders this season. I'm pretty pretty solid. Really? Yeah. You guys just got Barzell back, so that's like yeah. something you don't have to worry about anymore, I guess. Yeah, fatty contract for Barzal. He's sick. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. Um, but the Rangers got – they have a – I'm blanking on his name, first first overall pick. Lafreniere. He's yeah, gonna, Alexi Lafreniere. He should be a pretty instant impact type of guy. He been, he's been like the first overall pick projected like the past like two years. So. Wow. He was a no-brainer. Yeah, he's, he's pretty wet. Yeah, just one thing I want to add. Like, I feel like – you know, like, it's obviously tough in, like, a normal hockey season. Like, you know, teams are all playing different teams. It's all crazy. But I feel like with these divisions and every team playing each other, like, seven times, like, maybe, like, we'll be able to, like, you know, test it out, see how these teams are doing against each other and have, like, a better idea of it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I think, like, the easiest um, – well, the thing with betting on hockey is, like, the obvious games – yeah, that's the odds are just terrible so you have to always usually well what i usually do is bet the, the spread which was always two goals so yep. tomorrow i i can't do this myself because i just can't do it in my heart but lightning blackhawks i would just hammer lightning by two goals because the blackhawks <laughs> are gonna be garbage we have our top two centers are out we have like two backup goalies basically like no defense like I think that's probably the biggest lock I can I saw from the games tomorrow that I saw. But like, yeah, I agree with you. The constant matchups between the same teams, you'll definitely be able to tell like who's. It should be easier, I'd say. But also, from like previous experience playing, you play the same team over and over. You eventually, there should be no sweeps. I feel like the Hawks eventually will squeak one out. But I was gonna ask you about like money lines and like the. What, do they call it a puck line? Like when it's one and a half? They're one and a half. Yeah, puck puck line, money line. Yeah, it's like one and a half, pretty much every game. Yeah. So like, I was gonna like ask you like how you feel about like just because you know with the empty netters being exactly. In, yep. Yep. It's like a situation where like would I rather take a team that's minus like like for example the Lightning and the Blackhawks like the Lightning are minus two thirty money line. But if you take the minus one and a half, you, you're getting great value at plus 190. It's a huge. Exactly. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I did that in the playoffs. I pretty much uh, rode most of my bets minus one and a half when I was feeling confident that they win. Like pretty much the only the preliminary rounds like Avalanche Coyotes, I think it was. I hammered that every single time. And I think it hit pretty much every time because the empty netter is a huge deal. Because if you're up one with like two minutes left, they're going to pull the goalie. And then you're going to hope for the empty net. But obviously, that's like a tough thing to root for because if it doesn't hit, then you feel like an idiot for not just picking them to win. But I think the value is worth it, obviously. Like the minus 230 plus 190, like you said, huge swing. So definitely, I, I like the minus one and a half. I have a question about like betting. If it goes to overtime, because I know a team gets a, you get one point just for mm-hmm. getting to overtime. Mm-hmm. So you have, say, a team and they win in a shootout, you win your mm-hmm. money line bet and you lose your money line bet. Yeah, so if you just pick the team to win and they win in the shootout, you'd still win. But Same if they lose, if they, they lose a push or yeah, is it you, I don't think it's a push now. I don't think you can push, honestly. Unless uh actually no, I don't think you can. Yeah, probably not. But that's pretty fucked to lose in a shootout, like lose your bet in a shootout. Yeah. Fucked. Been there, man. That's definitely gonna happen to me, Capano, like every single night. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I think isn't the the Blackhawks and the Red Wings aren't usually in the same division, right? No, we. So that's like, I saw online that's like one of the biggest new rivalries. Well, yeah. So we suck. were we were in the same uh, I think division or conference. I think as of like twenty like 13, 2010-ish, and then they redid the whole division conferences. So we haven't gotten to play them in the regular season as much as we used to because that used to be like the like 
one of the oldest rivalries in hockey, one of the best rivalries, in my opinion, but hasn't been there the past couple of years. And obviously now we're both bottom feeders, so it won't be that like, exciting. But Bottom two of the league, right? Yeah, we should be. I'm, I'm hoping the Hawks just get like a top five pick at this point because we're getting old and now we need to, we got to start rebuilding. It's sad to admit, but time is now. Yeah, from what I've saw, like in like power rankings I've looked at and odds, like it seems like the Red Wings are like the worst teams. They had like a historically bad year last year, and then don't even get the number one pick because of the fucking. Rules. They got they got screwed last year in the draft lottery. Got absolutely fucked. It was bad. Yeah. They got the fourth pick, and they had like the worst points by. A, well, it was, it was bad. I felt bad for Red Wings fans, but yeah. fucking Rangers get it ridiculous yeah that was uh <laughs> so questionably, questionably rigged there but what can you do yeah seriously it'll um, be nice to have another big name in new york though like it's always good when the original six teams i mean obviously the red wings are but the original the, six teams are good the rangers yeah. like that's a thing so like i saw like i know that the rangers are like in a couple of years they're gonna be really good they have so many good young guys but I didn't expect that they were, like, already going to be, like, ahead of the Islanders in odds. Like, it's kind of fucked. Breadman, Panarin. Then, I mean, they'll be fun to watch, at least. Yeah. Lundquist isn't – he's done, though, right? Lundquist was going to play with the Caps this year until he had to have, like, heart surgery. So his yeah. season and potentially career could be over. That's... So that's tough. One of the legends, one of the greats. All right. So just like with, all right, like we were talking, like, you know, having teams minus one and a half. Give us, just rattle off some teams that, like, we can, we could rely on, we could ride them and get, like, you know, like teams that, like, we could count on this season. Like, who are those teams that we could just take to the bank? I think the teams that you have the best chances, like consistently one and a half, would have to be the Avalanche. They're just their top lines always going. They're putting up a ton of goals. Um, the Lightning, even though they're without Kucherov, which I guess we'll see if that's a problem, but they have so much depth it shouldn't be, especially against like the Hawks, Red Wings, even the Panthers, like weaker teams in our division. That should be a pretty safe, not safe, but like better value bet, obviously. And the the East, the East I hate because those teams are all very close. So I don't really love any of those teams to like consistently be winning by two goals. Obviously, it'll happen sometimes. But I'd say the Avs, Lightning, and the Leafs, um, the Leafs against certain teams in, in the Canadian division because like their team's all offense for the most part. But I think you just got to be worried about teams that are strong defensively like the Canadians, Carey Price can steal games from you. He's that good. The Flyers, they're Carter Hart. He's future, like, stud goalie in the NHL. He's like our age. Yeah, he's he's like basically our age, which is nuts. And then the Blue Jackets are another team where they got torched behind the bench, heavily defensive team. You saw them in the playoffs. Like, they don't give up many goals, so I would never – that's a team I would like taking the under on a lot, which is normally set at five and a half, but I don't know. It's There's no guarantees. That's the hardest thing, but oh, Blue yeah. Jackets, strong defensive squad, so I would never really take the minus the two goals against them. Yeah, that's a good point. I I kinda... last, last year, I would take the Bruins pretty much every game. They were a wagon, and they made me like a ton of money last year. The Bruins... Yeah, they're top line. This year. So what? So good. They're probably top line in the league. But uh, I know um, Pasta is out for like a month. Chara's gone, which like he sucked, but leadership, which is kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Chara like playing for a different team is going to be crazy. But the Bruins up or down? What was that? Is Chara on a new team yet? Or yeah, he's on he the just- Capitals. Holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah the Bruins kind of oh. the Bruins did him dirty. Didn't even like give him the veterans minimum. Just let him walk. So he wanted to keep playing. They didn't really want him, I guess. But yeah, he's on the Caps now. Him and Ovi teaming up, yeah, which is hilarious, kind of. But I have to play him seven times. Like that's kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to a game 
this is like two years ago, I went to an Islanders Bruins game. Puck drops right away. Chara, and I'm, I'm trying to, I think it was Anders Lee. Puck drops, they find each other right away to fight. And you just can't, they, Anders Lee literally couldn't reach his face. Like, Chara yeah, was just fighting. pounding on his fucking face because he couldn't reach him. Fuck. Yeah, fighting Chara is just not the smartest idea for like anyone in the NHL, I'd say. He's just that, he's so much bigger than everyone, I feel like. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, you kind of went, you kind of answered this a little bit with, with in the last question, but this is about like under the radar teams that like we should either like be like betting or we should be like afraid to bet against them. Like you mentioned the blue jackets as one of them, but like, Mm -hmm. like the, you know, like if we're taking like one of these top teams and like, we think we see a good line, but it's like, nah, that's not actually good. Like that's a scrappy team. Yes, I think um, the Canucks could be one of those sleeper teams. They, on paper, they have like a sick lineup, I think. A lot of young studs. They just got Braden Holpe, former cup-winning goalie. Um, Their backup's also not bad. And I think, honestly, think they're going to be pretty good because they made a decent run in the playoffs last year with like Patterson, Besser, and then Quinn Hughes should have like a huge stepping stepping forward here this year in the power play especially so that's a team i don't like betting against because i like that you never know with them the canucks is fuck to watch too like so much petterson i don't know like if you watched him gavin but like he makes like some insane plays he's just so slick and sick i've honestly never heard of in my life dude just look up like petterson top five plays they're like insane He's, he's also got a he's got a fucking bomb too. He's his shot is nuts. Like his one timers are oh man, very nice. Um I guess another team, like I said, the Blue Jackets, I don't like betting against. And then I guess the Flyers are projected to be pretty good, but I don't I would never like probably bet against them just because well depending if Carter Hart's playing, because that kid's so good, he could steal a game away. Yeah. Yeah, dude. The Flyers, like from what I'm seeing. I'm just looking at, like, the odds to win each division. Like, the Flyers have the second-best odds in the East behind the Bruins. Really? People are thinking, I know that. Yeah, people are thinking highly of the Flyers. I mean, that, that's yeah, just right. a Fox division, bro. Just all that's of the division. Yeah. I mean, the Sabres and the Devils, like, seem like easy wins, but every other game is just a fucking grind. The Sabres just got Taylor Hall, too. Like, they should be – they're kind of going for it, right, on, like, a one-year deal, too. So yeah, it's a prove it deal for him and for the Sabres to hopefully make the playoffs. But they just got screwed with this division. Like I just don't see it happening. Yeah, like how? And I mean, how is this gonna work with the playoffs? Like, it's like a few, like do like the four from each division make it? Or I'm pretty sure it's the top four from each division advance. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of fucked up. That's sick though. That no. to watch. It's definitely a cool layout. Like, I fuck with it. It's going to be a lot of hockey. I think I saw a tweet today that was like, starting tomorrow, there's 116 days in a row with a hockey game on, or scheduled at least. I think I saw that too. It's so, so awesome. Like, oh, no, matter, yeah. no matter what, we got some games to, to bet on, you know? There's never going to be yeah. no loss, so That's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, all right, now this is this is gonna be quick. This is off the top of the skull. All right, for each division, North, Central, East, West, just rapid fire. Who's gonna win each division? Ooh. All right, I think West gotta go Avalanche. Central, I'm sticking with Tampa. Back to or not back to back champs, but they're gonna win the Central. The North. I like the Flames, weirdly enough, even though like everyone's thinking Toronto because they just they're just stacked up front. The Flames for some reason just always always upset people. They're just never never out of it. And in the East, definitely the toughest division. Oh man. Probably I'm gonna go Philly. I gotta go with Philly because I don't even know who I was thinking Capitals, but I don't even know who their goalie is anymore. So, yeah, it was like some random Russian dude. I saw that today. Oh wait, yeah, 
I think he's actually pretty good. But no, nah, I'm gonna stick with Philly. I think they're just gritty. I like their mascot. I think I might rip uh, Flames plus six hundred to win in the North right now. Honestly, I like yeah. that. I'll be awesome. Bet. What are they? Are they second in the Canadian division to win or third? Dude, from the odds I'm looking at, Toronto is the favorite, and then Edmonton, and then Montreal, and then Calgary. So I, I definitely like it. I don't like Edmonton at all. They're just—I mean, maybe this could be their year. They finally do something. But the story of McDavid's whole career is he's great in the regular season, but like he's got no supporting help, and then they never get anywhere far. So the Hawks—I don't know—Hawks knocked him out last exactly. Year. Hawks whooped him last year, three to one. That was awesome. But uh, I mean, obviously McDavid's a blast to watch. I went to a game in Anaheim. For on in McDavid's rookie season, Edmonton versus the Ducks, and it was a sick game. Ducks won in overtime, but watching McDavid play like in person, he's just like ridiculously fast. It's kind of like fucked up. Oh yeah, he makes like unreal defensemen just look like so slow. It's crazy how he accelerates past everyone. It's nuts how like no one else can do that. Yeah, I'm actually like pretty juiced for the NHL season this year like just the divisions the players like it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome to watch I'm but, uh, so tomorrow obviously opening day and we're gonna go through each game tomorrow and you want to try and give us a pick Parma for each game I'd love to all right first uh first game is the battle of Pennsylvania solid rival yeah, I think, I mean, I'd assume Carter Hart's getting the start. So if he's in that, I'm going with Philly. But I don't like the like puck line for that. I think they just you just got to pick him to win. Yeah, it's, the Flyers are minus 115, and the Penguins are plus 101, so basically even. But I'll probably, I mean, I'm going to be watching. It's at like 530, which is kind of sick. Like, we got hockey on at 530 tomorrow. Um and, yeah, I'll take the Flyers. Fuck it. I'll ride the Flyers tomorrow. You like them to win the division, I like them to win this game. Parma's high on the Flyers, so that's one thing I'm taking away from this from this conversation for sure. And then the next game, another rivalry, which, I mean, this year is just going to be full of rivalries, which is sick. But Canadians at the Leafs. Canadians are plus 120, Leafs minus 140. Uh, what value, what team do you like in that? So, I think the Leafs should win, but like I said, with Carey Price in that, you never know how, uh, if they're going to cover the, the puck line, because Carey Price can make it a 2-1 game, like a 2-0 game, 1-0 game, but I feel like Toronto to win that game, but I mean, yeah, just Carey Price can he could could steal it, so I'm not too... Too certain on on either of those teams, I guess. Not your lock. It's not your lock of the day for sure. Not not my lock of the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that'll be a fucking sick game too. And then next is your your Blackhawks at the Lightning. They're yeah, like the odds are obviously fucked for for just money line, but the puck line is tasty for the Lightning. And you said you already like that, right? I would. I love the puck line for the Lightning. Hate to say it, but I mean I'm expecting uh. I'm expecting the Hawks to get fucked tomorrow, not going to lie. And you're going to be watching, I assume, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be watching, going to be boozing, hopefully. like, I mean, it's going to be hard to watch, I feel like. It's going to be so bad. I'm, I don't even know like half the new guys on the team. We've had to replace just a ton of guys because injuries. Our starting center is Dylan Strom, who's, like who's normally our third-line center, like, it's not going to be pretty, I'd say. And I don't even – Malcolm Subban starting Tendy is like a backup at, on any other team. So, it's just not not a good look for the Hawks. Subban starting. But, uh, yeah, then next game, Canucks at the Oilers. Canucks are minus 105. Oilers minus 125. That should be a sick game, too. That should be. And I, I think since there's no fans in any of these games, the home ice doesn't really do much, just like we saw NFL season, NBA yeah. probably. So I personally, I like the Canucks that game just because maybe a little biased. I just like the Canucks more than the Oilers. And I just love seeing uh, the Oilers like lose, even though they have like the two highest scoring players in the league. But I think the Canucks... 
like realistically could beat them and the team to do it too. I like, so I like the Canucks. I like that too. I like the Canucks when I saw that too. But uh, and then to close it out, Blues are plus one twenty at the Avalanche, who are minus one forty. I know you already said you like the Avalanche just this year in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would. That's one of the games that I would um, consider to an Avalanche puck line because that's one of those teams where if they get going, if they get hot, get a couple power plays, the Avalanche are just so nasty. Like they can just put up goals on you. So. And the Blues, they lost Petrangelo this year, like their stud captain defenseman. Where's got Tory Krug back. Ended up at Vegas. That's sick. So, yeah. Ve- Vegas is actually going to be good. I haven't touched on Vegas, but they're also going to be very good in the, in the and West. And they're like a sick team in general, like the Vegas Golden Knights. I love that. But, yeah, uh, yeah those are all the games tomorrow. Yeah, from what I see, um, I'm looking like this is like odds to win the Cup. And the Avalanche are the number one favorite, and then the Lightning and the and the Vegas is right there behind them. So Vegas is definitely supposed to be a hyped up team. They've been good, yeah. been in the league. So I mean, they got Laner, who's like still, I think, only like twenty in his twenties, right? He's great, bro. He was the Islanders' attendee, and then they let him yeah. look like neck tats too, right? He's no, like no, the, the Hawks traded him. Hey, the Hawks traded him. I didn't even know. He was on the Hawks. He was like our, he was our like number one guy. Kind of split time with Crawford last year, but then we gave him up at the deadline. Even though he kind of, wa- I heard he wanted to re-sign with us, but we just, I guess, didn't care. So now <laughs> he's killing it with Vegas, and we're stuck with Malcolm Subban. So thanks a lot, Stan Bowman. You know. Yeah, there you go. So um, you've talked a lot about the uh, Hawks. I know we've got a bunch of Minnesota boys in the house who are probably uh who are listeners of this so uh thoughts on the wild this year thoughts on the wild so the thing is they can definitely squeak in the playoffs with their division because kings coyotes ducks and sharks just aren't they shouldn't be that good but the wild should be sliding that four seed because i don't see them with uh avalanche with colorado and vegas and the blues probably will finish out of them but the thing i love most about the wild is they got this young russian stud coming across the ocean named kyril kaprizov and might be mistaken but i'm pretty sure he like was leading score in the khl or something he was like tearing up in the khl finally coming to minnesota and from what i've like seen couple videos of him at training camp the team scrimmages he's been dirty so that's definitely something to look forward to but also, in general, the Wild are just a very scrappy team. So they'll be able to just, like, grit out some Ws, no doubt. But I, I see about, I do see them making the playoffs. All right. That's sweet. Good to, good to know. Uh, well, one more thing I want to ask. Just I know you just talked about a kid, but, like, any other young kids that could have, like, breakout years? I mean, not even young kids. Like, just someone who could have a sick breakout year that we should watch out for? Yeah, I think I got a, I got a few. So I think I said him earlier, Quinn Hughes. I think it's his third year in the league. I want to say I, I project him to have a pretty stellar, stellar year with Vancouver. And then Kale McCarr on the Avalanche is actually so good. He was basically averaging a point per point per game his rookie year, except he kind of got hurt. So, but he's still, I think he still won the Calder. Not um, if I'm mistaken, but he should have an even better year this year, which is gonna be nuts and then finally i don't i haven't really been keeping up with this kid but jack hughes devils i assume he uh i assume he used this offseason to get bigger stronger he was probably like the weakest part very disappointing like probably i think statistically one of the worst first overall pick seasons like in a in a while but he if i like watched some of his games and he was making, like, a lot of good plays. They just weren't getting in the net. So he should have had more points than his stats showed. But I I do like him to have a pretty good breakout year, sophomore year. So uh, you're like the Hughes brothers, then? I guess so. They're, they're good family. They have a third brother, I think, coming up, too, sometime. But I don't hey, know if he's like, as good as the other two. Michigan, I'm pretty sure. Or, like, maybe plays for Michigan now. Or something like that. Yeah, I think he. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's in college yet, but I'm pretty sure he is also committed to Michigan. Yeah. 
All right. I mean, and then Lafreniere too. I guess Lafreniere should be should be just like a normal like I'm good player. I'd say. I assume he'll be fucking sick. So, are there are there like any other? Because I know when you get drafted in the NHL, you don't go like obviously most guys don't go right to the league. Are there any guys besides Lafreniere that are going right to the league? Do you know? Um, the only other guy that would be would be uh, Quentin Byfield on the Kings, but I'm not positive if they're gonna. I heard. Some people reports were saying he wasn't like ready yet, but also the Kings are that bad, so he could easily slide in the lineup at some point. He just played on Canada's World Junior team, right? Yeah. Yes. And like, I mean, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, he's not that good" because he like didn't do like that much in the World Juniors. But then you also got to remember that there was like 19 first round picks on that team, and he was like the youngest, one of the youngest kids on the squad, so probably like third line. So he didn't get that much ice time compared to guys so i wouldn't hold that against him yeah and then uh doc for the blackhawks got hurt right yeah that was in like canada practice no it was like their first it was an exhibition like practice game against russia and like i want to say first period he like just tried to hit some guy and like awkwardly bent his wrist or broke his wrist or something he was out for now he's out for four to five months that's so true. the biggest, what sucks about it the most is, like, all the other teams, like, the Devils could have sent Hughes, um, Lafreniere could have gone from New York, but they didn't let him. They didn't want him to get hurt. Of course, now everyone's saying, oh, the Hawks, you guys are so dumb for sending Doc because obviously he was going to get hurt. But, I mean, from an American's perspective, I'm not going to lie, if Doc was playing this whole tourney, I mean, I don't know if we win the gold medal. He was, he was just so, he's, like, so much better, I feel like, because he had legit playoff experience which no one else had but i mean we'll never know i'm just bummed he's out for four to five months and no taze either so huge hole in the center position how long is taze out that's the scariest part he's out indefinitely with like some unknown illness like no one really knows what's wrong with him so he's saying like symptoms were like he's lethargic or like like slow or something so i have no idea what's wrong with him yeah he's just like totally look tired like all the time like just like can't get out there just can't can't suit up that's yeah so i'm freaking out as like a hawks fan because the same kind of thing happened to marion hosa like four or five years ago where he just had to retire because he got like this like skin disease or something whenever he like put his gear on or something like that something weird where he had to just like retire like a few years early so i'm kind of freaking out if it happens to taze that'd be a huge bummer yeah that that would suck. That would that would be a shame. Um, you got anything else to add, Capano, before we let Parma go and close this thing up? I think that's it. I mean, I'm hyped for tomorrow and the season. Like every team playing each other so many times in their division, it's gonna be like sick to watch. I'm excited. I'm I'm juiced up too. It's it's gonna be awesome. The, the playoffs were sick to watch, and now we get hockey back. So I can't wait. Harms, thank you so much for joining us, dude. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no it. problem. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a fun time. Yeah. Of course, dude. And when we get back in Madison, we'll we'll watch some hockey games together. Get to the bar, cross chasers, watch some hockey. I'm pumped. Oh, absolutely. Should, yeah. should be a blast. Maybe come NHL playoff time, we'll get you back on, and we'll do a little uh, playoff preview. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds good. All right, sweet. Thanks for coming on, Parma. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. You too, boys. Good seeing you. All right. Peace. Um, all right. Well, we're pretty much – that's pretty much what we got today, right, Cap? Yeah. I mean, started off with some football, finished off with some hockey, hockey talk. Uh, yeah, you know, one sport's ending, another's beginning. It doesn't stop, which is awesome. Never stops. The grind does not stop. Can't take off because we got, there's always games, bro. I mean, you got college hoops, NBA, NHL starting up. But I'm definitely going to enjoy the rest of this NFL playoffs. Got to enjoy it while we got it. Yeah, and we'll probably have another episode out Friday for the NFL playoffs. Um, but till then, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed your hockey preview. And if you're not a big hockey guy, try and get into it like us. You know, get some bets in, get some teams you like. Yeah, like, if you don't have a team already, like, just pick a team, bro. I mean, 
I'm I'm a, I I consider myself a pretty big Islanders fan. I just don't really watch much other games like regular NHL games. But like this season, like I'm ready to really just immerse myself in the hockey culture. I mean, like you could just see how much Parma loves it, bro. He yeah. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Like there's a lot like a lot of big hockey guys, you know, in the house. Some of my friends big hockey guys, some listeners are hockey guys, so we'll try and get some hockey talk on here when we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm hyped up. But yeah, we'll we'll have another episode out for sure by the weekend to talk about NFL, but until then, that's really all we got. Yep. Uh that's the end of chapter 10. We'll see you boys next time. Peace, boys. Thank you.